following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan. It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. You can also listen to the free stream weekdays, 3 until 6 p.m. at thehugeshow.net. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen live and catch up on our podcast anywhere in America where you get mobile service. Inside this hour, Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, will join us. We'll answer questions from the audience. You can drop one at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. A lot of people wondering about out-of-state play, out-of-state teams. Ant Wright, who has an awesome basketball Twitter feed, maybe the best out there. Uh, Drop five questions, and I'll ask Mark those questions coming up. And you can join in on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. With Mark, we'll go over their latest board meetings, where new sports stand possibly as soon as next year or maybe a couple years down the road, the spring championships. All the stories trending at MHSAA.com. Mark has been transparent, open, and honest from day one in our nearly four-year partnership on these Wednesdays. So we'll hear from Mark Ewell. We also do the shout-outs each and every year. Come May through the first week in June, uh, if you have a senior athlete, boy or girl, at any Michigan high school, uh, you can leave a shout-out at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. I'll go through some of those momentarily. Then we'll get Mark in studio. You know, I've watched this guy on air, off air, and what he did through the pandemic and the way he fought for our kids was heroic leadership. And it all starts at the top in any situation. And he's answered all the questions. Last time he was in studio, or actually he was on the phone because he was at a conference in Chicago, we talked about the transgendered athlete rules that have been in place for a decade in the state of Michigan. And it's really a model for the rest of America and maybe even the world. Transparency, honesty, and I look forward to Mark Ewell in studio. And those shout-outs are pretty cool because it really connects to our 19 radio stations, those who listen online. So drop 
The senior shout-out, any boy or girl athlete, any high school state of Michigan. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. You'll see uh, the post. Matthew Fields wants to give a shout-out to scholar-athlete Ethan Green, an MHSAA scholar-athlete out of Kingston High School, track and field. Also a shout-out to Ethan Harrington of Kingston High School for overcoming two ACL surgeries and having a phenomenal senior year. Also in track, proud of you guys, that's Matthew Fields uh, with his shout-out. Dan Heckman, Owen Valentine, Marshall senior baseball outfielder, DH pitcher, playing out the season, the game he loves. Owen has no interest in post-secondary education as he is running and owning and operating a six-figure lawn landscape and outdoors operation called Valentine Outdoors, a business Making his mom and dad proud and grandpa and grandma is very proud. Look at that. Guy's just getting out of high school, going to finish up his senior year at Marshall with the baseball team. And he started a landscape and lawn care business while in high school. And it's now a six-figure operation down in Marshall. That's awesome. Jeremy Wood with a shout-out for William Wood, senior at St. Louis High School on the golf team. Yeah, so these these shout-outs are I'll do them every Wednesday now through the first week in June, which is right around the time of graduations and the graduation parties. And if you want to give a shout-out to a cheerleader, a senior cheerleader, somebody who was in the marching band, somebody who's a trainer, a student manager, uh, we'll do those. It really is with our partnership with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. It's one of the cool things we look forward to each and every year, and especially when we dealt with years that they didn't finish, like the pandemic season, or years where Mark Ewell and his team at the Michigan High School Athletic Association found a way uh, to finish. Uh, it's been an unbelievable ride. And, and I'm watching the Michigan High School Athletic Association grow their girls and boys championships at the Breslin and beyond. So Mark will be in studio here in a, a few minutes inside this segment. And we'll start our conversation. A lot of questions from the audience for Mark. And the, the one thing I've admired, he's transparent, he's honest. And if he has an answer, uh, he'll drop it. And it's no negatives. It's just looking at the growth. Like someone said, hey, Montana just introduced the shot clock. And I said, look at the residuals are getting off of Yellowstone. I mean, alone, that probably, Costner probably paid for all the shot clocks. In, and then remember, Montana, there aren't a lot of high schools. A lot of mountains, uh, a lot of movie sets, and TV trucks, uh, but not a lot of high schools. So we'll get to those momentarily. I just want to hit a few more shout-outs before we welcome in Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Kimberly Perry, shout-out to Lexi Howell, Lowell High School Basketball. Uh, Jesse Terry, Maddie Terry from Wayland Hi, here on the west side of the state for our listeners on 96.1. Varsity basketball player for the girls team. Great athletic program in Wayland, just south of Grand Rapids. Uh, Daniel Schooneman Bowers, Lexi Bowers from Kent City High School. I think I heard a lot about her solid player, Lexi from Kent City, north of Grand Rapids. That, you know, Sparta used to be a big town when I was growing up because Kent City was to the north. And then you didn't want to get into Grant and Nuego. Because then Sparta was like a metropolis down M37. Uh, Missy Veenstra Johnson with an MHSAA shout-out to Allison Johnson, Tri-County 
High School, Varsity Girls Soccer, their season's still going on. Uh, Rhonda uh, Belifo uh, Varnsdale, Bernie Varnsdale, West Catholic football state champs and also a basketball player. Uh, Scott Long, Grant Long from Lenawee Christian uh, High School track and field for our listeners on The Cave down in Adrian, southeast Michigan. Sarah Warber Baker, Ellery Baker, Hudsonville High School basketball, and Julie Lynn. Also uh, says I want to give a shout out to all the great seniors: Dan Beisel, uh, Eva Beisel, Hudsonville Competitive Dance, Reed Jones, Austin Jones from Schoolcraft High School. Uh, right down where one thirty-one, I think, almost ends uh, in Schoolcraft South of Town. Mark Ewell, Executive Director, uh, also handling uh, one-lane. Uh, road construction traffic patterns from Lansing to Grand Rapids. Anybody traveling either way, I've experienced it, you've experienced it, and I've discovered cities I didn't know that existed because I'm a guy. I'm going to get off the highway to heck with GPS. I know I'm just going to go east. Oh, hold on. That's Grand River. I think it goes all the way to Lansing. Meanwhile, I'm in like Sunfield. I don't know where I'm at. There's cows in the middle of the road, but I'm a guy and I'm going to I'm going to beat this traffic. How you doing, Mark? I'm good. I think I learned on my drive over we're no longer the Great Lakes state, that our, our state symbol should just be an orange barrel because I think uh, I saw a 1,000 of them. Oh, my gosh. That, that trip between – I'm serious. I've been doing the back way through, like, Ionia, Saranac, Lowell, if i got to go to Lansing. Seriously, I'll throw twenty third As long as my car is moving, I'll, I'll take the extra 20 minutes. When I'm stopped dead in traffic – between and, and Detroit too. Keep going. Yep. Detroit's decided. You know what? We're gonna redo everything by Novi. We're gonna redo it. Oh my lord! I'm so glad my kids aren't playing the travel soccer going that way. You bet. Anymore. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, I saw the Air the Air Force Academy football team was at the White House. Was that? Was that was that Air Force? It was. So they won the uh, the Commander in Chief Trophy last year, the, which is between Navy and Army and Air Force, right? Correct. Whoever is the best record between the three, and Air Force won it. So the tradition of the three service academies is the seniors go and represent the team at the White House. The seniors, so the, not the entire team. Yep. So the the Air Force seniors were just at the White House and. Um, yeah, my son's a sophomore, still uh, had a really good spring, um, so he's uh, hopeful that he'll be on the field this fall as a special teamer and playing some at linebacker, but uh, yeah, very excited that the, the seniors got to go to the White House. Yeah, and I saw that they were presenting uh, President Biden with a helmet, jersey, and I think a scarf or something, right? And he just... Took the jersey and walked away, and they were left holding the helmet. We had a helmet for you. Get back here, President. We got a helmet. It was for the Air Force Academy. It was a little awkward, but yeah. uh, well, for those guys there, the seniors, and and they're making a commitment to our country. That's one thing I admire about the Air Force Academy, West Point, uh, Annapolis. That the these men and women are choosing or appointed as well. Or, or they go to play sports, and it's a combination of both. But they're making that choice uh, to represent America. Absolutely. Every kid that you see at one of those three academies after their four years of school 
it's a minimum of a five-year military commitment. So that's um, why you get the education and the payback is minimum five years. Some yep. make it a military career. You got it. And at the Air Force Academy, if you want to fly, become a pilot, uh, your commitment doubles from five years to 10. So uh, some choices wow. uh, ahead here for uh, our son, Grant. Uh, he is considering the pilot track, but again, uh, you know, five years to the government versus 10 years, uh, some tough decisions ahead. Did Top Gun Maverick inspire him to want to be a pilot, right? Uh, it, it is. And as he's considering this, uh, you know, my wife says she'll never watch Top Gun again because as a mom, you know, your kid up, uh, you know, uh, pushing the envelope in a fighter fighter jet. Um, it, it's a little bit different when, uh, when Maverick uh, might be in your own house. I'm concerned. You know, Ace just got his license. He was busy with football and winter workouts, and I think he didn't want to you know, start driving in the winter. So, you know, in the last week and, you know, I get the kids every other week and I'm concerned, worried about that. I can't imagine if my kid's going to be a a pilot in the military. Yeah. But, you know, we, the way we've kind of gotten our head around it is you're not going to have better training than you do in Colorado Springs. If you're going to fly, I think that's kind of what the Air Force Academy does. And so, yeah, end of his sophomore year, he's got a lot of decisions about major and, um, you know, what uh, what military path. A, a really quick story. So every uh, cadet at the end of their sophomore year has to do a three-week internship on an actual Air Force base just to kind of get a feel for how it goes. And, uh, you know, our, our son was guessing he'd get sent to Minot, North Dakota. Not that North Dakota is not wonderful, but for the first three weeks of June, Grant got assigned uh, to the Air Force Base at Pearl Harbor. So, Are you serious? He'll, Hawaii? He'll start off his... Uh, That's a vacation. That's what we think. He says, nope, I'll be working on the, the, the base every day, but uh, pretty neat opportunity. Again, it just shows you the service academies can really be uh, doorways to, to see the world and, and see the country, and he's pretty excited about uh, the first three weeks of summer. You know, as we go back and forth on Generation Z meets whatever generation you want to call it, I, I do admire the men and women uh, who choose to go down that path uh, at our military academy, so kudos to your son. Uh, speaking of options and things going on, last time we, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago, uh, what's the latest with your executive council? Uh, what has come out of uh, the spring here in terms of looking ahead to next year for Michigan High School Sports? Any news? So it's a big week. Um, our representative council, which is our 19-member board of directors, which is superintendents, principals, and ADs from all over our state, uh, we've got our last full board meeting of the year uh, this weekend on March 7 and 8. And this is where all of our sport committee... May, May 7 and 8. I'm right. sorry. Yes, May 7 and 8. It's that um, traffic. Trust me. It is. M, I get my M's mixed up. Uh, March 7 and 8. And all of the proposals that have come from our sport committees during the year that have gotten a positive vote in the committee will end up in front of our board. And uh, they will take lots of action this weekend. And so... Uh, Anything that is passed then goes into policy for next year. So the I think some of the headlines going into the board meeting, you know, we've got um, a handful of, of eligibility proposals, which are really just looking to add more uh, clarity to, to the transfer rule, for example. 
Um, you know, that, again, in, in this day and age, people are asking for uh, brighter lines to our rules, and we're trying to give them that. Um, looking at some health and safety things, if we take our CPR requirement for coaches, extend that down to the junior high middle school level. I mean, every time uh, it seems like you turn around, you hear of another cardiac episode, and um, preparation and having an AAD present means everything. And then when you go through some of the sport-by-sport sport things, we'll certainly talk football playoffs. I don't see uh, any change um, in the immediate future. So I see this fall certainly uh, continuing as we have in 10 divisions, 8 divisions of 11-player, uh, 2 divisions of 8-player um, with the strength of schedule formula. Um, so it'll be... Uh, Interesting. Uh, basketball has a proposal um, to where uh, the Basketball Coaches Association would like to see more seating that they would like to in a region. Um, they'd like to see more teams seated to try and separate the best teams within a region, kind of taking a, a little bit of an NCAA model. I know that's generated some good conversation and lots of questions. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, and I think what the listeners need to realize is that we're an association of member schools. And we're driven by our membership, that all of these proposals and ideas and tweaks have come to us from our school people that serve on our committees. And the best ideas then get out of committee and they go before our full board. And those superintendents, principals, and athletic directors, they're the ones who vote on what changes for next year and what stays the same and uh you know this is not a case to where our staff or myself gets to sit down and pick and choose what we're going to do you know certainly you've got to have some leadership with that democratic process within our schools but but that's what we are we're run by our schools we're an association driven um and membership driven association and i think that's something uh we're we exist to serve our schools and that's what we'll keep doing I think last month or five weeks ago, last time you were in studio with me, Mark, we talked about you've worked with people connected to basketball on all levels in the state uh, about modernizing the ability for basketball teams to play out-of-state teams, to play out-of-state teams, to come in-state, get the TV games. And that wouldn't just be basketball. It would be uh, all sports. Uh, what's Is that part of the executive council agenda this weekend what are some of the proposals i know we touched on it last time but let's uh, refresh that you bet so the i think one of the bigger things we'll consider is a fairly significant change um to our travel and competition role so what our school uh, and what our board will ring in on is our schools have been loud and clear that they wanted to keep our border state rule in other words a michigan school can go regardless of miles anywhere they want into Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ontario, and then we've also got Illinois, because it's hard to go between Indiana and Wisconsin without going through Illinois, as well as Minnesota. So right now, those are our border states. And what the proposal would say is our schools can go anywhere and compete in those states. The big change would be whether a Michigan school wants to host a tournament or an event or you go into one of those border areas, you can play whomever you wish. So, for example, if this passes next December over the holidays, if one of our Detroit area schools or a Grand Rapids area school wants to host a holiday basketball invite, with the best teams in the country. Best teams in the country, as long as they're a member in good standing of their state's association, they can come to Michigan and you can play them. Or if one of your teams are uh, headed to Chicago 
or Indy or Minneapolis or Cleveland or Cincinnati, and you go to one of those boarding areas, and when you get to that tournament or that invite, there's schools there from Texas and California and Florida. If this change passes, you can now play them. So that criticism of, well, we're not allowing our best kids and our best teams to go out and show what they can do against other places in the country, uh, that's the proposal that's going to be in front of our board. And uh, I think what it does is it certainly opens up more opportunities for our kids, but also keeps the sanity that our Michigan schools, they want to stay within Michigan. Michigan and within the bordering areas, and I think we've really struck a, a, a pretty good balance, and uh, we'll see what our board says here over the weekend on that. Yeah, Ann Wright, uh, who has one of the better basketball Twitter feeds, uh, former, I think, Michigan player, and uh, he's really cool about it. Uh, he dropped some questions, and I had tweeted out that Mark Hill, executive director, is going to be on the show today, uh, transparent, open, honest, and really just answered his first question question uh, going to allow teams to play in national events so if there's a national event in the bordering state they can play there or host it here or detroit sports commission or if uh on campus at uh the breslin uh grand rapids right you got van andel arena you got you know calvin college you got hope college you could host a and teams from long beach poly could come in and play and and that would be any sport so like let's say a powerhouse Belleville, right? Uh, Detroit Catholic Central. If they wanted it all, you get, uh, you know, the best team in California and they wanted to come in and play a football game, that would be allowed if this new rule passes, correct? It would be. It, it, but yeah, as long I, as the game's in Michigan, right? Or Michigan or, or in a border state. But I think an, another important distinction here, and I think, uh, you know, we also get the, the TV criticism part, you know, well, you know, well, first of all, we have a national network. So our our schools, again, it's streamed, but our schools are available worldwide. So the whole thing of, well, you don't allow Michigan schools to be on uh, television or to stream, that that that's like criticizing Jim Leland for the Tigers lineup tonight. That's a that's a five. Yeah, we did that a lot back in the day. <laughs> I mean, that that's like a handful of year old. Um, criticism that way with with the whole television thing. I think what's important to know is that you still have to play schools from other state associations in good standing. Um, what you right now see on, say, ESPN are not high schools. Those are not high school sports. So well, is IMG recognized uh, as a high school in Florida? They're no. not. They are not part of their state association. They get kids from all over the country. It's a basketball factory or it's a football or factory. Or soccer or... We'll fill in the blank. Yeah, baseball, golf, go down the list. Oak Hill uh, out in Virginia has been a basketball factory forever. So, so that, these are schools that are not recognized by their correct. state associations. Correct. So if, if again, you want to get that top... Um, team that's part of the CIF in California to come in, or that those, uh, you know, in it, I think we'll see some team sports bill do it where I'll see, I think more is even in their individual sports that if, you know, a huge uh, national wrestling invite where it's some of the top kids in the country, whether it's here in Michigan, whether it's in Cleveland or Indy or Chicago, um, I think that's going to clear the way an awful lot. But the reality is ESPN is not putting on high school games involving Detroit Cast Tech or Rockford or Eden Prairie in Minnesota 
or uh, Bloomington South in Indiana. That is not happening. The only folks that are getting on ESPN are these things, and when they say it's a high school game, that is the biggest air quote thing in the history of the world because these are not normal, traditional high schools. ESPN wants to highlight the fraction of the 1% of kids and spin that as, well, this is what high school sports look like. Um, We're going to focus on the other 99.9% who, in many cases, are those kids also go on and play at the next level and compete at a high level. Um, So, again, we're going to invite some of that competition with other top programs in other states around the country. From from that state association, no matter what the level is, right? Correct. And and of these, what I'll I'll call the the, uh, unaffiliated, again, air quotes, high schools, that's probably it's less than 50 across the country. But, but those, they're getting on TV. Those are the ones that the ESPNs want to chase. And there are some uh, association schools at ESPN you'll see early in the year. Occasionally. Like a Utah yep. or, or Northern California sectional schools, right? That You'll see a few. But they're looking for IMG, and then IMG's coming in to play, you know, Loyola, Chicago, right? Yeah, and, the, and the 12 kids on the IMG basketball team are from 12 different states who have all come in for one year or two year. And again, they're there to, to move to the next level. Um, I'm sorry, that, that that's not... Um, that's not high school. That's not what we do. That's not our business. So what we're going to do is we're going to get with the 49 other states in the country who, again, um, where their high schools look like their communities, and uh, that'll be where we keep going forward. All right, and what about the All-Star Game participation or the showcases that they do? Uh, how does that, with the current rules, with the possible change in the rule, Mark, that yep. you said this weekend, for Michigan high school athletes, what are the limits and what could be uh, increased in terms of the boundaries uh, moving forward for all-star game showcase participation? So that's another one where it's kind of like, uh, you know, Jim Leland leaves Todd Jones in too long. You know, that's a criticism from eight years ago. Um, our current all-star rule is we allow kids in all sports, seniors, to play in an all-star event at the end of the season. So we've had kids at the end of football go to the, I think, the, the U.S. Army game in Texas. Or Under Armour Under down Armour. in San Antonio, right? All of our senior kids can go and do those. In basketball, if, if we have a, a young man or a young woman that gets picked as a McDonald's All-American and they want to go play in the McDonald's All-American game, they can do That's that. That's for any sport. If a wrestler gets invited to the... You know, Iowa Showcase or, you know, the wrestling of the stars in New York City, the seniors are allowed to do it. Seniors are allowed to do it during the school year without losing any eligibility in their other sports. So if I'm that football kid and I want to play in the Under Armour game and wherever in, in January... I can come back, and I still have eligibility in basketball, and I still have eligibility. Track and field, uh, baseball, you know, whatever, the the, the spring sports, right? Lacrosse, you, you got it. it. So what, what there is, Mark, I, I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, especially since you took over as executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, how these rules have been updated to meet the needs of the student-athletes in the modern era of high school sports. Absolutely, and I, I think I there, there's a misnomer out there that you know these kids are still shackled; they can't do anything. Oh. They're locked inside their school districts, 
And that's furthest from the truth. That's, again, Jim Leland leaves Todd Jones in the well, game. Well, you are. Tomorrow. Maybe it's because the Tigers have a doubleheader today. You're referencing <laughs> Jim Leland. How about Bobby Knight, at least? You know, Bobby Knight's leaving Steve Alford in the game too much. I mean, it's, again, um, and one of the things I saw on social media dealt with wrestling today, and I almost drove off the road. Wrestling, we allow our the top end of Michigan high school wrestling right now has never been better. You look at the number of Michigan kids who are not just on the roster but are in the lineups at places like Penn State, uh, Cornell, all of the national powers when you get to the end of the line in, in NCAA wrestling um, are Michigan kids and Michigan kids in the in the not in the off. Uh, season portion of all of these non-school events um, can essentially go almost anywhere and participate with no problem. So the the criticism about how our top wrestlers can't go do this or do that. Um, I don't think it's criticism. I think it's just education. Fair enough. I, yep. I, I think it's that people don't know. So are all these rules imposed at MHSA.com? In our handbook, and, and certainly when you get on. Local for, school districts, you can go there with your kids, ask the AD, right? Yeah. Principal for the handbook. Right? But, it, but it takes a little bit of work to actually find out what the rules are, and it's easier just to sit back. and. That's why pull. I did a talk show for 32 years. I could just go off. I didn't check the facts, and then I go home, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't have time to apologize. Uh, tomorrow's show, Superfly, we're going to go in a different direction. No, I think there are, there, there's this, and we've talked about it, NIL, high school, uh, the, the connections, these kids aren't even, Arch Manning, not even out of high school, and there's talk he's going to get $13 million. Now Sarkeesian says, yeah, when he's a starter. Uh, you're, you're, you're hearing about, you know, Coleman transferring could be getting a million, or Hunter Dickinson it's, could be over a million from one of those big schools, like a Kansas or Kentucky. So now you get to the high school level, and I think there's been a push with the growth of high school and the visibility through Huddle, through ESPN, through games on television, McDonald's Classic. You got the Under Armour U.S. Army game, the high schools uh, getting national TV coverage. Uh, you've done a great job with the Michigan High School Athletic Association for your championship weekend with the visibility on TV, MHSAA.tv. It's now grown where I think there's an expectation level out there that high schools should be the same as what we're seeing with colleges, right? And you just can't because you don't, these school districts, and including the Michigan High School Athletic Association, you don't have the budget. I want to talk more about this. We'll get into all the other stories surrounding spring sports. Uh, The shot clock, which is a, a monthly conversation we have uh, we'll get to that. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. If you have a question, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. There you can also drop a shout-out to a senior at a Michigan high school athlete, band member, student, whatever. Drop your shout-outs. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Mercantile Bank listener line, one 838 That's 1-866-838-HUGE. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds us that when it comes to child abuse prevention, we can always make a difference, and we can do that starting now. Be kind and be strong for the kids who need our help. Be mindful of how much every child matters. Create a safe, loving environment for all children. 
Today, tomorrow, and every single day, we can light the way for a child who needs us. And we can do that starting now. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Godsmack, live and in your face. Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino, plus Bad Wolves. And same show, same night, Bullet for My Valentine. Tickets start at $28 on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder, Godsmack, May 26th, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. For a lot of us, music and mental health are intertwined. That's why the Collaborative Lab created Intune, a free live stream event, and you're invited. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day, so take action for your own mental health by joining us from 7 to 9 p.m. Musical performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to learn how you can join the party for free. Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer on a Wednesday presented, like all Wednesdays, by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, You can follow all sports on demand live and also catch up uh, with your local high school teams, MHSAA.TV, before you know it. Mark, we're going to be to the Spring Sports Championships. That is a fast year in high school sports, isn't it? Hard to believe, and uh, yeah. talking to our good friends in Marquette yesterday on <laughs> May 2 with 18 inches of new 29, snow. 29, 29 and a half oh. on May 1 and 2, those two days. 
Yeah, they don't think they're going to get on their uh, baseball and softball fields until the end of this month. So end of May. End of May. And when when do the championships and districts begin? Uh, end of May. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the same thing last year with Calumet for our listeners on AM nine twenty and one hundred seven point three. Houghton Hancock Calumet WMPL. I think it was second week of May when it, you know this similar time when you were in studio. Someone sent me a photo, or maybe it was MHSAA Twitter feed, had a photo that they still had two feet of snow on the ground or something. Yep. One of those. And Nagani was the one that had like 29 and a half inches May 1st and 2nd. Crazy. Mm, pure Michigan. Pure. <laughs> get, start running those ads. Get, get Tim Allen to voice that one. Ah, May, sign of spring. And it shows everybody, you know, jogging along the little river path. And then show the bulldozers dumping snow like drifts 20 feet high. It's beautiful, though. Have you ever thought about, because of the weather with the spring, with the northern or with the upper peninsula schools? Because you do, like in the fall, what do you do? You do a golf championship that's separate? There's some sports that are separated, correct? There are, yeah. We do some in the fall. And then, so golf in the UP is in the spring. That's a a really late season. They finish up in early June. Um, We actually did survey our schools. It was actually kind of coming around COVID. Asking, hey, would you be in favor of us finishing spring sports a week or two later? And it was 80% no way. You're not going to get teachers, ADs, and principals to say, tack on a few more weeks on the school year. No, and even part of it was, you know, then with if spring ends two weeks later, now the pressure that puts on all of the summer activity for fall sports, for winter sports, for families still trying to find time to, to get away and have a little vacation. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got some feedback, and it was uh, pretty loud and clear, uh, no later. In Iowa, don't they play their baseball and softball in the summer, correct? They do, and, and in, ask, in asking that survey question, I was hoping there'd be more support because what Iowa kids are able to do is, you know, a kid could be a fall athlete, a, a winter athlete, run track and field in the spring, and then roll right into baseball or softball in the summer. So, so they get a four-season, basically, in Iowa. They do. It's a, a four-season model. And Is it just softball and baseball in the summer? It is. Those are the only two that, that get bumped later. And where they don't have the snow that we do, but one of the reasons in Iowa is they have, you know, all of those communities along the Mississippi River, flooding is a huge issue every spring. And they found that uh, summertime, and summertime, their high school season is June, and their finals are the end of July. So there's about a two-week break before fall sports begin, and it's always interesting when I'm with uh, my my colleague from Iowa. Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. If you have a comment or question in regard to high school sports, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE-HUGE-SHOW on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. We'll hit the... Shot clock question from Ant Wright and the crew on Twitter, and also uh, talk about the possibility of expansion. I always get those questions every time I say I'm having Mark you on. People are asking, "What's the next sports uh, being added?" So, executive council meetings happening uh, this weekend, so we'll get those updates uh, next week on an MHSA Wednesday. But if you want to join us, Mercantile Bank listener line one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. You can drop your senior shout-outs. We'll be doing those every Wednesday through the first week of June. Every-
everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports and the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long, right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. Here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So you have the chase for the NBA rings going on right now. Some unbelievable action. And they have an offer for new customers who are listening, who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up. Because those new customers then can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets Instantly, Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses, they'll give you a bonus bet back up to the amount of your initial bet, up to $10. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150. in bonus bets instantly. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in required. One bonus bet issued based on amount of initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. We're going to get to the shot clock conversation. Could there be new sports soon at a Michigan high school near you? If you have a comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line 
1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Hey, speaking of rules, and I'm not, you know, from high school games and watching them, I... College football, Mark, just went to the NFL rule where the clock's going to keep running, not stop after first downs. What's the high school rule on that clock compared to college and the NFL? So we uh, the clock does stop after every first down. And what's uh, interesting to know is the NCAA rule change next year to where the clock will roll after first downs, except in the last two minutes of the half, is only at the Division One and two levels. Uh, Division three football at the college level next year, their clock rules are staying the same to where it stops after every. And I don't think you want to start that with the clock running because high school games already you're you're doing how many minutes a quarter? Twelve minute quarters in the college and pro level, those are fifteen minutes a quarter. So there'll be no clock change. Correct. But the shot clock is always a conversation piece, and uh, I I do want to spend almost a segment on that coming up. Okay. Sounds good. Mark Ewell, tell like it is guy, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, as you head into districts for baseball, soccer, uh, lacrosse, uh, you got golf going on, track and field, follow everything. All the brackets, championships, MHSAA.com. And if you want to watch live or on demand broadcast, MHSAA.tv. It's pretty cool. Simple and easy, MHSAA.tv. And if you have a high school comment or question, uh, you can join us on that Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Easiest way with Mark in studio. Uh, you can drop your shout-out for that senior at a Michigan high school. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. If you miss any of our conversation, uh, remember our podcasts are everywhere and they're free. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan, our number two. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. He's getting a couple of days off. Zane is going to be our executive producer and co-hosting a little bit tomorrow. We'll have Jeff Striegel from NASCAR Motor Racing Network, GM out of Berlin Raceway, one of the great short tracks in America on the west side of the state. And Superfly is going with four buddies, Mark. They're doing 81 holes of golf Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they put together menus and itineraries for every minute of every day, the three days. Now, again, you've been on getaways with your friends, right? Family? Sure. Uh, Maybe menus when everybody's going to cook and chip in. 
but I've never heard of a guy's golf trip that has like a menu written out. That's, I have mixed emotions. That's strong. That's it, strong. Yeah. It's strong, or it's yeah, it's strong smelling. I mean, we can we can go a few different ways there. Uh, Mark is in studio. We try and bring him in once a month. Uh, talk about uh, what's trending when it comes to high school sports uh, in the state of Michigan. You know, we talked earlier about uh, college football now following the NFL. They're going to shorten their games, and you mentioned how quick the Tigers' first game was. 6-5, they came back and won, but two hours and four minutes in a game that featured 11 runs scored. Incredible. If Take that 6-5 game and put it last year, Bill, and that's what... 3:10, 3:15. It's the the pitch clock or the action clock that they they're calling it. Uh, I'm not. I can't remember a rule change that has made a bigger impact on the game in any pro sport in the last 30 years as uh, as the action clock has. But here's you're going to get to a point though, and this is going to be a, a a bridge moment that when fans are paying that top dollar for a suite or a front row seat, and it's going by that fast. Even a great game today, 6-5, Tigers were down 5-4, came back and won. You're going to start to wonder about the value of the ticket. That I, I drove three hours right. to watch this game. I mean, you get a day-night doubleheader today, game two tonight with the Mets. But I'm driving this far for these high prices at concessions, and the game was over in two hours. You know, it's going to be, there's going to be a bridge there where you're like, yeah, you're moving it fast for the younger generation TV, but what about those people that go to that ballpark? Yep, and I think ultimately uh, management might make some changes, and you'd like to say that they're uh, the reason for it is for the fan experience, but on the other side of the coin, I think uh, there's a lot of clubs who are making less money now than what they did a year ago just because of shorter games, less beer, less food. And so I think, you know, the spin may be, well, we want to take better care of our fans in the ballpark. Well, no, the reality is with the gates opening an hour before game time is you want to get, uh, instead of right now, about three hours and 15 minutes of revenue, you probably want to bump it another half hour or hour. And so they're going to probably find the sweet spot. The other part, Bill, with baseball is I'll be curious um, to see what the postseason looks like. You know, it's one thing when the weather's cold or cool in um, April or early May, but now when the games get really important and every pitch matters more, um, put that in the playoff setting, and now you've got that 20-second clock. I think that's where you'll see some pushback, too. I think there'll be an adjustment. Playoffs, they might uh, push the clock back 10 seconds. Not this year, but I'm talking down the road. And you you brought up exactly where I was going on. What are these teams going to do to grab that extra hour revenue they're losing with these new speeded up games like the Tigers winning 6-5 today in downtown Detroit? I think they're going to open the gates two hours before. You bet. And then they're going to let people watch BP and do the old school thing. And you're going to feel that you're, you're in your seat. You're going up grabbing a dog or, you know, a Philly sandwich. You know, you're going to get in there earlier, which means... You're going to buy a beer, you're going to buy your kids hot dogs, pizza, whatever it is. I think that's what they're going to do. Yep, that's probably the next uh, the next reaction to, again, it's, you know, they're not funding their teams based on concessions, but that's a big part of it. You know, the TV money is one thing, but um, it all of that, it's a bottom line business. And yeah, we'll see how the new rules on, and then the business side, uh, you mix those together and 
you'll see where it ends up. Well, we're going to start this hour uh, with Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, get an update on your thoughts on the shot clock and boys and girls basketball in the state of Michigan. But we did talk about uh, the clock uh, with college football now following the NFL and it's going to keep it running after first downs. It won't happen in high school. D3 isn't doing it because they're not they're not hooked on. I'm surprised D2 did it. Uh, that th- Those divisions aren't TV contract heavy, right? Exactly. You, it, go, you go to a Big Ten game and you sit in the stadium and the number of media timeouts, I mean, the game is almost unwatchable in the stadium. And now it's going to move quicker, and I, I, I'm going to wonder at the end of the games, and I know they're going to slow it down in the final two minutes, but I'm, I'm not sure about that college rule change. So that won't come to the high school level. Uh, we'll get to the possibility of umpires maybe with a pitch clock because baseball high school games can, you know, be short and drag on, be 18, 15. You know, I know parents love it because they're seeing their kids get at-bats and they're all watching it. Uh, so we'll touch on the possibility maybe of a pitch clock or something or an umpire, you know, with a handheld clock being able to, you know, count down on getting in and out of uh, pitches. Uh, but the shot clock of basketball, Aunt Wright, who asked some questions, you answered most of them in our number one. Uh, other states are adding it. It's not universal everywhere. You deal a lot with border states. You see what Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, what they're doing, Minnesota. Uh, how many states surrounding us have shot clocks right now? So the the one in the Midwest that we um, kind of part of our, our weekly group of other directors I check in with is Iowa jumped in with both feet. So uh, Iowa for how both, long ago was that? That was for this year. So they started right off the bat with a shot clock this past season. Yep, this past season. Boys and girls. Boys and girls. Um, Ohio was a no. Indiana was a no. Illinois was a no. And Wisconsin was a no. You know, we allowed. Uh, we had some holiday tournaments that, and as I mentioned earlier, that did that as an experiment. Um, so we've gotten some good feedback from that. I think the biggest takeaway is we had a, a staff member for the 24 games played at the Breslin. So it was 12 uh, semifinal and final games in girls, and it was then 12 semifinal and final games in boys. So 24 games of data. And what our staff member did is essentially ran a shot clock that was only visible to him. And so every time a shot went up and it hit the rim, or every time a shot was taken, we grabbed that data. Because it resets when it hits the rim. You got it. So what do you think, Bill? Again, it, I, I'm not going to want to overreact to this because it is only 24 games, and you are dealing with the best teams in the state. So it's not a case to where when you get to Breslin, you've got a huge mismatch to where one team is going to really try and slow the tempo or hold the ball. But what do you think? I'm going to ask the question on here, Bill. Take a guess. In those 24 games, what was the average possession length before a shot was taken? 50 seconds. 18 seconds. 18 seconds. So, so, so the one thing what you're bringing up, and I, I get your vibe, Mark, that high school, there are a lot of shots that can hit the rim and reset a clock, but the kids aren't the pure shooters you see at the college and pro level. Correct. correct. So we would start the, the shot clock when so after a make or an inbounds, and from as soon as the ball was touched, that stopwatch would start. And taking the time of how long did the offense now moving down to the other 18 end? 18 seconds a shot, really? Average. That so, was the average. So what about people that see, like, the Rockford, uh, who was on the other side there? 
uh, it was Rockford, Grace Lions hit that huge yep. shot. West Bloomfield. Uh, West Bloomfield. That game was like, you know, 18-14 going into the fourth quarter, something like that. When people see those really low-scoring games, is that a product of no shot clock, of possession basketball, or is it the fact that you have two great teams who have reached the Breslin or a regional final or a quarterfinal that can play some defense? I think it's a combination of those, and I'll add in, in two more things, again, just offering my, my two cents on this. Uh, what our data shows from those 24 games is I don't think it's a shot clock issue. What taking, is it? Taking the Rockford-West Bloomfield game uh, in particular, I think you did have some really good defense. Um, the other two things that I think, and again, that's why we can't just make decisions based on the 24 games at Breslin. I think there is a Breslin center effect whenever teams play there. Uh, you're not used to playing in a big arena. You're used to a high school gym with a wall just behind. And so uh, I think our shooting percentages over the years at Breslin, just a little bit of the, the nerves factor, and this is different factor, is there. And then the other thing where we are, are having serious conversations is we're looking to go out and purchase our own floor that we would use in the Breslin or wherever our finals could be one day, having our own floor and putting that down with, you know, obviously our logo and probably a, a state logo. Because if you watch those 24 games, because the way Michigan State, so we've got the two three-point lines. you got the high school line at 19 feet, 9 inches, and then you've got the college line that's at 22-whatever. Well, they have the, the, the shading of the quarter, the way that the, the wood is stained, is of the three-pointers that were taken over those 24 games, most of those were taken beyond or behind the college line just because I think that visual effect of the the lighter wood, the darker wood, uh, yeah, there's two lines there. So you saw a bunch of shots. So the reason that Rockford-West Bloomfield game was 18-14 um, going into the second half is because the shooting was so poor. I think part of it was, again, shots being taken further than they normally would be in a high school game. And then they think you add in the nerves and the Breslin factor a little bit. So... Um, we've got to collect more data, not just from the 24 games at our finals. Um, but I thought that was interesting that the, you know, the hue and cry from some that, you know, well, we need to have a shot clock. We got to get shots up quicker, um, because of the delay or four corner or stall offenses. Uh, the data, at least from the 24 games we captured, uh, tell a different story. So from member schools, because you, you started your appearance today, a little after three o'clock, saying that, look, I don't make the decisions. Uh, we, we are driven by input from all of our member high schools in the state of Michigan. Have you ever taken a, a poll, sent out an email, you know, Google polls, analytics, whatever it is, on their interest in a shot clock for boys and girls high school basketball? Have you? We certainly have. So and what, what was the feedback? It, it could not have been more disparate. So we did a survey of our basketball coaches and then our school administrators. I will say in general, the feedback from the basketball coaching community is there is there is some interest in having a shot clock. I think for uh, programs that have kids go on to play at the next level, they believe that this will just get kids ready for that next level. I think others think that um, in the coaching world that, you know what, if we have a shot clock, what we might get away from late in games is this foul fest. Um, 
because right now to be able to get the ball back if you're down, you're fouling and sending you know the opponents to the line to try and get a miss free throw and go. And if there was a shot clock, maybe you wouldn't have to foul as much. So you do have some coaches that are still uh, quite traditional. You do have some coaches that still believe that um, certain game, certain opponent that playing at a slower tempo is in our team's best interest. And frankly, as a coach, I should have that option available. So that was the feedback from coaches. You ask administrators, there was very little support. Um, I think a lot of our schools struggle for table personnel now. Um, And if you now add a shot clock, you know, to run the game clock in a in a basketball game is pretty simple. Uh, once the ball's touched in bounds, the game clock starts, and then once the whistle blows, the game clock stops. You have shot clock. You've really got to have a sharp clock operator that the shot clock's running and the defense. Well, did they just deflect it so I keep the shot clock running? Uh, did that defender actually get possession just for an instant, which would now mean a shot clock reset? Did the ball hit the rim, graze the rim, miss the rim? Um, and so you again that some would say, well, you know, you could figure that out, and I believe if we get there, we would. But that is a very real concern that a lot of our schools have a hard time finding folks that want to step forward and, and work uh, on the game day team, and you know, going to a shot clock, you not only need an extra person, but you need a very competent extra person that knows rules, knows when to reset, when not to. Um, so that's why we're going to keep getting feedback. But that's what we've heard in the, the two surveys that we've done so far. Do you envision in this window, so if I went two to five years, that there'll be a shot clock inside Michigan High School gymnasiums for boys and girls basketball? Am I in the too soon category or it could happen? I don't see it. I'll just I'll take it year by year. So next school year, I don't see it yet. We just don't have enough data. Um, like I said, this has got to be something to where we have support within our entire community, which includes both coaches and administrators. Um, we're not saying no and shutting the door uh, to even considering this, which some of our other Midwest states, that's the, the stance they've taken. Uh, you know, the stance in Indiana is that there will not be a shot clock. Period. Um, no input, no survey, no conversation. So you're saying they have some basketball attitude in the Hoosier State? They uh, have a little bit of. Uh, they want to keep it. They want to keep the tradition, right? They do the purity of it, and um, you know their executive director, uh, former he's six ten, former college basketball player, was actually a college teammate of Kevin Duckworth at Eastern Illinois University. Wow. And uh, Paul Neidig is his name, and Paul actually tells a great story. So Paul was two years older than Kevin Duckworth, and when Kevin Duckworth, again, longtime uh, Portland Trailblazer, those of us that love the Pistons in the 80s and 90s know exactly who Kevin Duckworth was, uh, 6'10", and when he came to school, he was about almost 400 pounds. And Paul said that his playing time his last two years was in direct correlation to Kevin Duckworth's weight, that whenever Kevin Duckworth's weight went down and he got into better shape, Paul's minutes also went down. Um, he said just a great guy and a great teammate. But no, Paul's a, a basketball guy from a basketball state. And in and, and, uh, you know, the feedback from their community, um, it's just not going to happen in Indiana. Um, I'm much more of a what's our membership want us to do. And that's really where we're at uh, currently with the shot clock. Uh, divisions, adding divisions to mere football for basketball. I, I'm, I don't think you're going to go to 10 because you have uh, the two eight-man divisions. Uh, but you have 
what is it? It's ten in football, right? It is eight eight uh, on the eleven player side and two on the eight player side. Right, and basketball sits at four on both sides with boys and girls. Right? Yep, in almost all of our sports, it sits at four. So, and what's been the feedback from the member schools on adding? You know, maybe it, you go. Do you go to five? Do you go to six initially? See how it goes, and bump it to eight uh, one day. Um, because originally football used to be about class A, B, C, D, and that was your, you know, state champions. Uh, what about expanding the divisions in basketball for boys and girls? Sure. So the, I think what listeners need to first understand is the reason we have uh, 10 divisions in football uh, isn't the fact that football is more important than anything else. Uh, the nature of football, you can only play one game a week. So if you, as we have tried to expand, and when I say we, this obviously predates me, but when you now expand the number of schools that can be part of the playoffs, you're either going to have a high school playoff system if you kept it to four classes, but keep having more schools in, uh, you'd have a, a football playoffs that would go three months. Well, that, that's not doable. That doesn't work on the calendar. So what the fix was is we, we want to have a five-round tournament but to include more schools, what you have to do is you have to increase divisions. That That's just simple math. And football's different because you can only play that one game a week. We, just before COVID, started to at least have initial conversations in the six sports that are sponsored by at least 600 of our schools. So uh, I think as we stand today, we have 749 member high schools in our organization. There are six sports um, where at least 600 of our schools of the 749 sponsor the sport, and those are girls and boys basketball, it's volleyball, it's track and field, it's cross country, and... Soccer? Nope, and it's not soccer. And then uh, football also has at least 600, but they're kind of their own thing. So what we are going to talk about with our membership in the fall when we have our area meetings or our update meetings is we're going to see what the temperature is for going to a fifth division in those sports where at least 600 schools have it. And that would be basketball yep. included, right? So what what would five divisions look like in basketball? What would five divisions look like in volleyball? How about track and field and cross country, which are often together? And then the other two that also are 600 or more are baseball and softball. So we'd start with that group first. Um, the reality is after you get past those sports with at least 600 schools that have it, there's a huge divide of the next uh, the next sport i think the next highest sport for girls is we have just under 500 schools that play girls soccer and on the boys side the next uh the next popular sport is boys golf with like 506 schools so the conversation would be for one more division limited to those sports again the high participation sports because our membership goes from 3,000 kids. Next school year, East Kentwood will be the biggest high school in the state of Michigan, all the way down to some very small schools that are right around uh, 15 students. What's interesting is we're now down with the shrinking high school population. Uh, We only have five high schools that have 2,500 or more students. In the total number of schools with 2,000 or more uh, students, um, it's at 18 
So obviously, yeah, we've got some really big schools, but it's like less than 20. So going to a fifth division model, I think that would help a lot of our schools in the middle find a little bit more equity in terms of competition. It also, again, it doesn't go from four to 10 divisions, but I think it would be a a big step in the right direction that would uniquely not only help big schools, small schools, medium schools. It's one of those fixes, Bill, that I think would give everybody some relief regardless of the size of school. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. You have a high school shout-out or question. You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. Easiest way to interact, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. One final segment with Mark coming up after this network, T.O. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. At Mercantile Bank, we understand that different businesses have different needs. That's why our team of business specialists take the time to understand your business, your goals, and your objectives. We provide tailored solutions and innovative products, all delivered locally. So when you're ready to work with a partner who understands your unique business needs, call us. We're here and ready to put the wheels in motion. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business, and let's make dreams a reality. Member FDIC. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Got any plans for Mental Health Action Day? You do now. Join us online on Thursday, May 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. for In Tune, a free live stream event featuring performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to find out how you can log in and join the celebration for free. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day. Take action. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org and join the celebration. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more, and especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives and they can accommodate any group whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration that includes a little business, golf, great food and beverages just go to TullymoreGolf.com that's TullymoreGolf.com they're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan less than an hour north of GR get more info at TullymoreGolf.com You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
We are back live across Michigan on a MHSAA Wednesday. Now, you can follow all the spring sports on demand and live at MHSAA.tv. You want to check out all the districts for the upcoming playoffs for all the spring championships, MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. We've got another seven, eight minutes in studio with Mark Ewell, Executive Director for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We both remarked how the Tigers came back and beat the Mets in game one of that day-night doubleheader, 6-5, two hours and four minutes. Second game uh, will start, I think, around 6.40 tonight in downtown Detroit. And then, you know, we try and look at pros to college to high school, and you ask yourself, you love the pitch clock in the majors. I like it as well. I like how fast it moves. Saturday afternoon, 80 degrees. I don't know if I'll want a game to move uh, that fast. Maybe this will bring more doubleheaders on the weekends to teams, knowing they can draw people in. You're going to get two for the price of one. Uh, do any of these rule changes you've seen Major League Baseball tinker with, extra innings, all this, any chance any of those rules ever make their way to the high school baseball? I don't I don't think so. The, the pitch clock, our issue, yeah, you do have some long games. Yeah, you have a lot of scoring. Uh, the issue at the high school level isn't the frequency that pitches are thrown. The issue is the inaccuracy of pitches that are thrown. Uh, nobody's holding the ball and you know adjusting every piece of equipment or their jersey or you know their their necklace. Um, a lot of times, it's just inexperience and not being able to throw consistent strikes, especially at the sub varsity level. But you know, I, I don't see any need for us to go to the bigger bases. I don't see any need for us uh, to limit the number of times you can throw over to first. Um, really, you know, high school baseball is played in seven innings rather than nine. Um, I think our climate with a lot of cool temperatures kind of drives the fact that pace of play is quicker. And you just hope that the high school level pitchers can throw strikes and defenders can make plays. And if that happens, uh, game time really isn't an issue. All right, with the spring championships, you're doing the uh, usual. Uh, you get that great setting. At Michigan State, that's where for soccer, softball, and baseball, correct? Those three are there. And then uh, West Michigan right here in Grand Rapids is becoming a huge host for us. Uh, both div- uh, both genders of our lacrosse finals are over here in West Michigan. On June 10th, uh, girls lacrosse finals go back to Rockford High School in a new venue for boys. And again, on June 10th, I'm not sure, Bill, there's a prettier athletic venue at, in any high school in the country. Um than East Grand Rapids. So East Grand Rapids High School with that great view of Reeds Lake, they're going to be our host site for our boys lacrosse final. So if you're a big lacrosse person on June 10th, head to Grand Rapids. A lot of great lacrosse going on. And, of course, the weekend before, uh, state track and field finals are at four different venues right here in Grand Rapids. So, no, excited that uh, spring championships uh, just around the corner, and uh, West Michigan will be a huge part of that. With your executive council meetings this weekend, uh, member schools, what has been a consensus, if you can find a consensus on anything, on adding that additional boys' sport, which could be boys' volleyball and a girls' sport? Any timetable on that? No timetable. We're going to talk about emerging sports, and when I put that in that category as first, uh, how can girl, girls' wrestling continue to grow? I think then another conversation is boys' volleyball. 
Um, I think a fairly straightforward sport to add, and there's a lot of interest in that community, is water polo, adding both girls and boys, because you're talking school uh, pool facilities are already in place. You've got a pretty good network of water polo schools right now that play. Um, that is run by the Water Polo Coaches Association, so there is some interest that uh, that could become an MHSAA sport at some time. So I think those are the ones that uh, move to the front of the line. You know, girls hockey, we just haven't seen those numbers grow as fast as we would. And um, with looking at new opportunities, you know, we've talked on air before about girls flag football. When would you play that? What's the right time of the year? And then, yeah, you like to talk about the new opportunities, but yeah, you've also got to figure out how you can support what you're currently doing. I mean, softball numbers at a lot of our schools to have a JV and varsity team are becoming harder and harder. Softball is a sport I really, really worry about in terms of participation numbers, and you begin to add new activities. You also have to uh, do the mental math of how is this going to impact what we're already offering to. Mark Kuhl, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. Like I said, every Wednesday uh, through early June, we'll do shout-outs for seniors at Michigan High School's The Auger. Listening on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station in Grand Rapids. Shout-out uh, to West Catholic High School, Caleb Klinger going to Hope, Timmy Kloska going to Army, Joe Debsky to Alma, and Andrew uh I, I think it's McClary to Michigan Tech and football. Cadence Dykstra at the Toledo women's basketball. She's a tough. You know the Dykstra's well. She's a tough cookie. She's good, really and, good. And I have to, I have to throw my own kid under the bus here. The the young man, the running back from West Catholic, who's going to West Point, actually had a conversation in the Air Force locker room after a game this year, um, where he was out there on a visit uh, to Air Force. And I guess uh, my son, Timmy Klaska, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, and I guess uh, my kid didn't do a good enough job of recruiting Tim, so he's headed headed to West Point. Uh, God bless him and good luck. Yeah, Ace, my son. Uh, works out with him in that power strength elite program with both the Kloskas, the you know, Hearns, uh, just a really talented group of athletes on the west side of the state. Tate Baker, a question for you. Would the MHSA ever consider moving the D1 football state championship game to another time slot because it's always up against Michigan-Ohio State? Yes. Um, so we are looking. That conversation started just before COVID. Following COVID, we've kind of stayed in that same rhythm. But, uh, you know, as we, we look at some point to renew our TV deal with Bally Sports and what Bally's, what their name is going to be is the Bally's is going away. We've had that conversation about what if we moved some of those game times because you're right. To enjoy that D1 game, every year it's up against uh, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines at noon. G. Smitty comments at Huge Show on Twitter. A shout-out to William Churchill, senior Rochester Adams High Baseball, uh, committed to the Battle Creek Kellogg Bruins. Uh, Kearsley Football gives a shout-out to Bryce Furman, 2023 Almont High School Football, committed to play football at Trine University in the MIAA. Uh, David Drabeck, Ava Drabeck from Ann Arbor Pioneer Women's Ice Hockey. Uh, Steve, I think it's um, Uchman, uh, Ty Uchman, Grand Rapids Christian Baseball, George Mason University uh, commit. Uh, motorcade comments at Huge Show on Twitter, Pascal and Colin Jolman, Fruitport High School Football. So there you go. Uh, some of the comments. Grace Lyons, Mitch Lyons. That's a surprise. Grace uh, hit one of the legendary state championship shots. Rockford girls basketball. I think she has committed to Ferris State yep, University. Yep, that too. Yeah, last time. Uh, Trenton High School hockey. 
uh, tuning in on the Roar out of Detroit, Jacob Wiseman, Micah Knighting, Carter Allen, Ethan uh, Slivey, Blake Boyk. Are they making up these names just to drive me nuts here? Matthew Venka and Ryan Bates, Trenton High School Hockey. Shout out to the seniors there from Trenton. That's a powerhouse uh, hockey program. Sure uh, is, and I bet all those kids have great hockey here, too. That, they do, uh, yeah. The playoff flow. Yeah, I, they, I thought about trying to grow out my hair, but I'd look like a, you know, a bad Viking. Uh, Ellie Shepard, Peyton Otto, Olivet High School, state-ranked track, discus, and shot put. Uh, USA Dad tweets at Huge Show. Skylar Emerson, Troy Athens, three-sport varsity athlete, cross-country captain, voted Red Hawk of the Year, basketball captain, led the team in scoring assist and steals, voted Red Hawk Offensive Player of the Year, soccer forward on the current sixth-ranked team and girls in the state. Uh, Mark Bernke, uh, Mady Jamrog, Kyra Clankenstell, Ava Prelip, Hamilton High School for our listeners on WHTC. Paul Bear, Sandy Lyle, homeschooled in basketball. Uh, Caleb Bale, Rockford High School football player. Cam Duell uh, sends that in. A lot of shout-outs. And if I don't get them today, promise, uh, throughout the Wednesdays into early June, uh, I will give them to you. Hey, man. Oh, Caleb McKinley is going to Adrian for baseball and football. Thank you, Superfly Hayes, for that update. Mark, uh, thank you for enjoying 93 stops from Lansing to Grand Rapids with the construction that's happening at every mile marker. Uh, appreciate you coming in studio. It's really good stuff. Thanks, Bill. All right. On the way, Dr. Pink will join us. Another moving Ferris forward conversation with a leader in Big Rapids at Ferris State University. Dr. Pink and other great men and women at Ferris are moving Ferris forward. We'll get the latest uh, from Dr. Pink's office next. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle. Anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass at IU Superfly Hayes, my producer uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice so it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste can refreshing get any more refreshing yep it can and it just did Michelob ultra organic seltzer made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste it's only worth it if you enjoy it enjoy responsibly anheuser-busch Michelob ultra organic seltzer irc beer st louis missouri 
Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So you have the chase for the NBA rings going on right now. Some unbelievable action. And they have an offer for new customers who are listening, who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up because those new customers then can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses, they'll give you a bonus bet back up to the amount of your initial bet, up to $10. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in required. One bonus bet issued based on amount of initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It is time for another edition of Moving Ferris Forward. Each week on the Huge Show across Michigan, we'll hear from Dr. Pink, the president in Big Rapids at Ferris State University. You can find out more about how so many leaders and people are moving Ferris forward. Go to ferris.edu. I think President Pink is standing by here statewide on the Huge Show across Michigan. Welcome back, my friend. It is so good to talk to you, and i got to tell you, Bill, it's always good to hear some Ohio players. I love it. I know we have the coolest music coming in, uh, our second edition here of Moving Ferris Forward, and I've been following Ferris University's Twitter page like I always do with athletics and Ferris football, basketball, all your sports. I really like President Pink in a little over a year as the leader there at Ferris. These partnerships you're developing and I saw the Crystal Mountain partnership, how you can include your students. Uh, you're close to a, a very popular tourist uh, destination. Uh, I think that's a big one for Ferris. It's huge on that, uh, on the bill. Um, what, what we realized is the, the notion of what I'm calling, we call it a comprehensive partnership. So you pick a Crystal Mountain and you think about golf, you think about hospitality. Well, we've got two awesome programs. We have a professional golf management program that sends um, uh, pros all over the country managing uh, golf courses. We have an awesome hospitality management program. You think about those for uh, a resort like that. What we're going is we're going several steps for, uh, further than that. We're saying in a comprehensive partnership, there are other things they need as well that Fair State provides. So management, business management, accounting, IT, HVAC, all of these kind of programs that we have that we're saying to Crystal Mountain, look, you guys have these needs on your in your organization. Let us be that close partner with you to develop those workforce pipelines 
in all those areas, whether it be an internship or folks just going to work for them. And we're looking forward to this partnership with them. Yeah, President Pink uh, from Ferris State University in Big Rapids on the west side of the state, uh, helping move Ferris forward. Find out more about everything uh, Ferris has to offer. Go to ferris.edu. And I also saw on the Ferris University, Ferris State University uh, Twitter page, Adam Antor tweeted out he's excited to share that he'll be joining Ferris State as a tenure track faculty member in professional esports production this fall at Ferris. You talk oh, about yeah. moving things forward into the next generation. Tell me about that esports production uh, department you have at Ferris. Bill, we have uh, coming uh, up and we'll get up and online this fall and brand new Center for Virtual Learning that will actually house an esports arena in that building. Um, that arena will probably, well, uh, we're looking at that be one of, if not the uh, um, highest quality state of the art esports arenas that you're going to find on a university campus. That program has, uh, there's several hundred students on our campus who have some touch on that esports program, either in playing or even in esports game production. And uh, it's a huge market right now, Bill. It's a huge industry across the country. And Ferris State is taking a strong foot into that space in saying uh, students, uh, people can come to our institution. They can engage with that esports program, whether it be as a as a esports player, as a game designer, or both. It's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, and that's part of the vision of President Pink and other great men and women at Ferris that are moving Ferris forward. You talk about opening up an esports arena, esports production, uh, students who can be a part of esports teams. Uh, that truly is moving Ferris forward. Well, and because we we're we're having folks contact us about this because they're hearing more about our esports offering. They're saying, "How do we partner with you?" And to me, um, you know, you talk about Crystal Mountain, you talk about esports. We can't get it done, Bill, without partnerships, and uh, that's what we're about. That's what my uh, a big part of my leadership uh, paradigm is about. How do you partner? Because the more we partner, the more opportunities we bring for our students to get into some really good paying career paths. If you want to partner with Ferris and help move Ferris forward, go to ferris.edu if you're interested or maybe looking at your children or a potential student or you want to kind of reset your life. Ferris.edu, President Pink, a little over a year, doing great things and helping move Ferris forward. My man, a wonderful conversation. We'll talk next week. Always a pleasure, my brother. Appreciate you. All right, back at you, President Pink. An esports arena. How am I not the first announcer up there? Nothing against Rob Bentley, who does a great job on Ferris football and basketball with Sandy Golston, too, but I need to be like an arena announcer. Esports. Like the E Octagon. You can find out more about Ferris and how they're moving Ferris forward. Ferris.edu. That's Ferris.edu. I also have a reminder from Johnny Brand Sr., all the brand steakhouse and grills. Man, if you're looking for the best lunch deal in the state, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m., $6.99 steakhouse burger basket and fries at all the brand steakhouse and grills. 
$6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket and Fries. $6.99 Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. You'll find the brands in Bay City, Caledonia, Johnny Brands in Granville, Brands in Holland, Johnny Brands on Leonard, and Mike Brands in Cascade, just east of GR. For the one close to you, go to Brands.com. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It's our number three on this Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer and joining us in studio. Former major leaguer. He calls West Michigan home. Also an assistant coach with the powerhouse Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central Ranger baseball team. John Vanderwald joins us in studio. Uh, we catch up on the Tigers, Major League Baseball trending stories. How you doing, JV? Doing awesome. You know, me and you uh, talk a lot uh, off air, and since we began our conversations back in spring training, it was our eyes on Spencer Torkelson. And right around that first checkpoint, Charlie, for me, with Major League teams, which is Memorial Day, then Fourth of July, and Labor Day, we're getting to that point where a decision could be coming. Will Torque stay in Detroit, or will he be shipped down to Toledo? Will he stay or will he go now? Man, he's he gone. Good. He, live karaoke with John Vanderwall. He Only gone. He, okay, so. He's gone? You think he's going back down? Well, he needs to have a good week. It's strapping on now. He's got to because he's got five over 500 at-bats or at 500 plate appearances in the big leagues. He's a 200 hitter with 11 home runs. That ain't going to cut it. I don't care if you're a first-round pick. You've got 500 at-bats. You've got to perform. He's not performing. He needs seasoning. I've said it before. I'll say it now. He needs five, six hundred minor league at bats before he comes back up. He needs to prove to everybody that he can dominate Triple A. Has to. Well, and there, there's a there's that line, and Scott Harris, the new Tigers president, talked about it. I think at the winter meetings, where he wanted to get these guys to the big leagues to see who could make it. And who couldn't, but also that line I'm talking about, John, is when you destroy the confidence, right? That's exactly what we talked about early on is the, is the confidence factor. My concern always was if he got out to a fast start, it wasn't going to be a problem. Now he's, he's, he's got, I think he's 20 or two, 20 for 99, which is 206. I've been around baseball, you know, averages. So he's got one more at bat. He gets a hit, 210. If he get, if he's an out, it's 200. Now you're at that level. Now you're at that level. You're going below the Mendoza line. And that's a psychological thing. You mean that, below 200? Yep. So he's there. He's got a key. You got to stick it. You got to. If you want to stay, you got to step up. The prima donna ten five stuff's got to go out the window. The 
the jickety jockety stuff with your hands and shooting arrows when you hit your second home run of the year. My God, your Major League Baseball lingo. I need a little book on what you're doing. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's some of the mannerisms of people that that play the game. Don't you do that if you're hitting 380 and you're one of the best players in the league and you're Bryce Harper, you can do that, right? Yeah, you yes. But when you're when you're hitting uh, when you're barely hitting above 200 and your torque, because really, if you look at Torkelson, based on the Tigers who go back and forth like they did uh, last weekend, and they they beat some really good teams, and then they'll just lay eggs uh, in a game, and that's what you get with a young team. You know, I don't mind all the other bats and the young guys who are getting those Major League Baseball swings. And yeah, Green's only hitting two thirty four, but. My Lord, if he could hit around 250, 260 this year, that's what you're looking for. And, you know, bump it up to 280 next year. The only bat I really have a major concern with right now is Torkelson. I totally agree with you. And the, and the thing is, is that he did go through the month of April where there were flashes of he's way better than he was last year. I mean, I'll tell you that right now, way better than he is last year. However... He's not hitting. I mean, he's not. The average isn't there. And, and I'm tired of hearing he's hitting the ball so hard it's 100 mile an hour. Well, last year it was he's got such a good eye and we don't worry about him. Well, now it's, hey, he's hitting the ball so hard we don't worry about him. Well, look, the problem is everyone else is worried about him because it, it's not there right now. He hasn't had enough minor league experience to get through the, the stuff that he's going through right now. Well, you're a former number one pick, and I said this before uh, we started this hour, JV, that you're you're going to get a longer leash. You're going to get more excuses for you because management, those that are still left over from the Alavila era, which is amazing that anybody connected to Alavila ding, ding. still has a job in the Tigers' front office, they're going to say, hey, man, you know, uh, they want to show Harris this is why we took Torkelson. And... Uh, but then there's the argument, well, if the team's not going to do anything and there's no expectations for the team, is he better off getting swings in Detroit, even if he's hitting uh, 200, than he is going down to Toledo, AAA? And my answer to that is no, because you, he has not had the minor league experience. I heard something about Trout having 1,700 minor league at-bats. Mike Trout did? Yes. 1,700 minor league 1,700 minor league So was he in the minors for almost four years? Yeah, well, he. I guess he, I mean, this was on one of the Tigers pre-game or post-game or radio or something I, 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 I heard. He was in the league when he was 17 years old, so. All right, so he went He went rookie ball, right. and he goes A at Paid 18, goes double A at 19, goes triple A, or maybe half double A to triple A 20, gets a taste at 21, and there's your... There's your seventeen hundred at bats, but and I and well, I forgot the GM's name and it's Bill Stoneman and Stone Stoney was with the Expos when man, I was. You're good there. on names today. Jeff. I am, man. I, mean, I took a, I took like that. Money. Uh, you know that those pills. Oh, good. The, the, those, oh, thanks those, for just telling everybody. So today's Michigan. you know I today's a good pills. day. I, I John's <laughs> feeling ecstasy, but didn't take no. ecstasy. <laughs> no, it sells pills in the it's in the drugstore for like eighty eighty dollars. They pop. You can you can you can think again. They're so. happy pills. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, you, hey. Oh, what? They're, oh. they're, you buy them in a drugstore over the counter, though. Yes. I just want to make sure we're sitting there. <laughs> but anyway, Stony, Stony, when he was oh, the expert, Stony, ironically, Bill Stoneman. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go, Mr. Stoneman. Anyway, you had to dominate a level before you went up. You had to dominate. 
he might have dominated. He did dominate West Michigan for 26 days, which was way too short. Tore it up in Erie, right? And then he went to Erie. Nah, I don't think he tore it up. I mean, you got to understand, he hit, hit a lot of home runs, but it's a bandbox league. Yeah, but they were trying to make a package deal with uh, Green and Torkelson, and they were the future, and there was a marketing angle to the rapid movement in the minor leagues for Torque hitching a ride alongside of Green. Well, I've correct? seen some bad marketing ploys lately, and that 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 one, this one, hitching well, that was and Alavilla. Up. They were you know, remember, dumb. You know, Sports Stupid. Illustrated uh, a year ago. Last I saw spring, it. Right? I was like, you're you're setting this kid up for failure because he does not have enough. And experience. you did call that. I, I remember uh, some of the messages I got from you, JV, that you were all over. They they are pushing Torque too early. Yes, I mean you can see. And it's just not me because I played big league baseball and this has been the majority of my life is this game. Even as a fan, you can see when a kid guy comes up, then you're going, wow, this guy can, he can, he's got good hand eye. He's putting the ball in play. You know, he's got power. He can go the opposite way. He's going to be okay. What I saw from Torkelson, the first spring training was swing and miss, a drop and collapse the backside. And I believe when they made him a third baseman, I think I told you the story, and I might have told on air already, is that they were panicking because what they saw, because of COVID, I believe, they only had a short two weeks to see some of these kids play. So they just went out and went 1-1 with this kid, and they brought him in, and they were like... And 1-1 is... The first pick in the first round. You know? okay, yeah. So they had the first pick. But we're educating the baseball fans who are listening. And they brought yeah. him into that spring training thing to get everyone ready to play, and they bring this kid in, they're going... Uh oh! Not ready. Yeah, they're looking at the swing and they're going. We better cover our rear ends because let's make him. He can play third base too because he's such a good athlete. And then he did start to hit at West Michigan. He did great there, but they just this this whole thing has been horrible. It's been horrible for the kid. Uh, he's been brought up way too early. He should be in AAA now. He should have. I mean, he still maybe would make his day his major league debut maybe this year, but instead they've just totally messed this up. I hope for the kid that he gets on a hot streak now, because then we don't have to have this discussion. Well, and he's going to go through those games where you'll see a game or two, uh, and you'll say, "Okay, he's got it going now," and then he'll disappear for seven games. And it's and it's the book that we discussed in our last in studio appearance, and the book is. What opposing teams have on you and pitches they know you struggle with, and they'll just keep feeding them to you until uh, you show you can hit them. Correct? Yes. And it looks like Torque has deer in the headlight with the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles has found something, and I, they have they've abused them. And that's a and that's a hitter's ballpark. I mean, if you go in Baltimore, in Detroit, wherever you go, and you play the Orioles, uh, and they're not that good of a team in my mind. I just think when you look at Comerica isn't a hitter's ballpark, even with the fences moved in. And you look at, if you Correct. go to Camden Yards, you go to these small ballparks where... Or Milwaukee. Wherever, wherever he's, he's, you know, he should be tearing it up. Milwaukee is, and I played there for a year, I love that one of the best hitting ballparks in America. And the Tigers did do well there, but I was not impressed with the Milwaukee Brewers there, nor their pitching. But that is one of the best hitting ballparks. Well, and, and pretty much, I think, Torque has been to most ballparks in the major leagues. And he's just not settling into that everyday major leaguer. That's my point, whether you're playing I in agree. Detroit or Baltimore or Chicago or Milwaukee. And I, I think our, without breaking down dimensions of ballparks, we both agree that he's not looking like an everyday major leaguer. And if you're 
Scott Harris, and you're getting to that first checkpoint, JV, and you're saying, who do I have for next year that looks like they're major league ready? I'm not sure. Veerling, Green. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking young guys. Not, young guys. I love what Veerling is. The, the the Wolf kid. I mean, he's got some spunk in him. They've got some good-looking you know, hitters. Kill, Badu, he'll, he'll have those streaks, too, where you'll say, okay, he's got it going on, I think, you know. A couple weeks ago when we were on here, all right, man, he's got a swing, and then he'll disappear. Yeah, he, 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 well, that's not, what he did the not, first time. He's on. not consistent. But what he did in his rookie year was outstanding. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I still, in my mind, when I look at the, the new young faces and the bats and the arms, and we'll get to the arms coming up in our next segment and the Tigers pitch. And by the way, John Vanderwall, former major leaguer in studio, if you have a baseball comment, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Even Carpenter, you know, he'll have a, a three-game run, and you go, hey, I like that guy. And you look up, and he's hitting 217. You know, you look up, and Torque is a little over 200. You know, who are you're, – you're Harris, and you're trying to put together really the future, uh, the new Tigers president. And you're looking at what you've seen so far. How many pieces in terms of bats? If you're Harris sitting there and you've watched all the Tigers games and the first hundred at bats for most of these guys, how many future five year major leaguers do the Tigers have from the young group? Veerling Green? Yes. That, those two, I would say, are I, I, locks. Yes. The other ones are still they're still up. Even Jake Rogers will look like he's swinging well, but then you step back and he's hitting a little over two hundred. He's catching though. I know, but with catchers, yeah, I, there's a different number required. I I only look right now, and nothing against Badu, Carpenter, Torque. I uh, hate to agree with you on Badu, but I I have I, everyday to. major league. I, not, I like not a, him. Not a role player. Not a roster spot. I know. I'm um, talking everyday guys, Veerling and Green. So my point is. If you're Harris and you're going to sit down with Mike Illich, or Chris Illich, excuse me, if you're going to sit down with Mike Illich, you really have good connections. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to go to heaven. <laughs> Hello, hey, Jesus, can I talk to Mike Illich? Uh, we got some major issues. I normally wouldn't ask this, but uh, yeah, what's your name? Uh, Scott Harris. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Perfect clean life. Uh, could I talk to him because we got to do something? I took this job and I need to talk to him. Oh. He's going to sit down with Chris Illich and he's going to go, look, if you want to be competitive, we are going to have to spend big bucks in the free agent market. I think that's where the Tigers are at. They have to, yes. That's it. No doubt. Their only way to contend in 2024. No doubt. Is you have to go, is it double your salary? Uh, cap, yeah. God, whatever it is, you're going to have to go out and buy four or five roster players, three arms in the rotation. That's the only way you're going to be competitive. Absolutely. If you're going to rely on your minor league system, the, these are the best of the best when you had the number one farm system in baseball. <laughs> well, that, when you did, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm saying that. Oh, boy. Well, they were number one for a while. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Green and Torkelson were the yeah. second coming of, yeah. uh, you know, Tram and Whitaker, right? Yeah. yeah. Gibby. That was the that was the, big, the la- biggest running joke in I'm not pushing the panic button because you can go by needs. 
That, that's why there's a free agent market. You get a luxury tax. You don't have a salary cap. So you can buy your way back into contention. My worry is, will Chris Illich do this? Yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's spending money with the wings. I can go, bah, 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 bah. I can start stuttering, but. He has to. If he you has wanna, to. You're going to draw people for summer weekend games, okay, because it's summer and you get the food, beer, which, by the way, the way these games are flying by, a lot of these stadiums now are cutting off beers in the middle of the 8th instead yeah. of the 7th. Yeah, he's going to have to go buy a team. That's it? It's pretty simple. And, and if and if Village doesn't allow him to do it, then, again, I don't know what's written into his contract. I don't know what the uh, deal was to bring Harris in. But if you think you're going to rely now on young arms, young bats, you're, you're seeing what the future is. The good thing, so if you're a Tiger fan, the good thing is, is what, they got 10 wins? Well, yeah, the good, the good thing is, and they beat some good teams in those 10 wins. Yes, that they have played where they've won games. They're, I still say that 65 wins is not out of the question. I'm telling you right now. They can, they're getting on some of these streaks, but these losing streaks, you know, they're just going to be inconsistent. And that is the name of the game, is that they have to get better and they have to stay consistent. they gotta, they got to be able to hit the ball more than two or three games in a row. You've got to be able to go six, seven, eight games, go a week where you're, you're pretty steady. Right now you do not see that with anybody. I mean, McKinstry's been, been doing pretty good. But let's see how long, the, how long can you sustain. When you look at Miguel Cabrera in his prime, how long could he sustain? Well, I mean, Miguel he could stay just, for weeks. He'll have a swing once in a while, but you know, below the Mendoza line of two hundred. Yes, now, but when his prime, he could he could maintain for weeks where he was just on he'll it maintain for, weeks. for a year. Yeah, where he you know he'd go into a little you know a little mini slump here for a couple games, and bam, he's right back and he's rolling again. He's rolling. He's rolling. Right now, we have nobody that is rolling who can do that right now. But I still do like a lot of these young hitters. They still have some appeal. But yeah, the Torkelson experiment, and maybe it's some of it. Sometimes I just look at look at the way that it, he looks like he acts. I don't know, but I don't like people who come in and maybe he's the best guy, and I'm off my rocker here. But he just looks like a prima donna out there, and you can't be a prima donna in this game when you're hitting 200 and you have less than a year in the big leagues. And if you're Harris and you look at Toledo, which you've already tried to bring up a couple of guys, you know, Badu, Nevin trying to eject some youth, see if they're ready. You know, you, you have a few at double A, but that minor league system is not major league ready. It's not, you know, and I go back to the, you know, the kid who went to the Nationals, uh, Candelario. I mean, I, I I don't know how he's doing, but... To me, that was that was a no brainer. Maybe he wasn't a good. Maybe there was something other than baseball ability is why the, you know he left. But that that to me was a no brainer to keep him for for the amount of money that it would have would have taken. But I mean, it's not a it's not a game killer. But yeah, it's just, but, but Harris was pretty transparent. The new Tigers president that he was going to use this year to yep. see what young bats and young arms were ready to be major leaguers. Well, we're 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 a seeing. Well, it's a hundred, you know, it's a hundred at bats in. It's a, yep. it's a third of the way almost. Uh, you know, when you get to that Memorial Day weekend, there's still, you know, the month of May that, you know, Torque or anybody in that lineup could get on a hot streak. I, I just don't see it coming. And there'll be sporadic games. 
But I am impressed with how they battle. That they're, when you look at their wins, the quality teams. Yes, I, they, I agree they, with you. I agree with you. I, I am. I, I like where they're. I mean, they are competing. It's kind of strange thing. to sit here and sound like we're trashing the Tigers, but this really is an experiment year, uh, experimental, whatever phrase you want to use. And they're going to see, okay, we got this, you know, first month here. What's the second month? You know, I, I think Torque. We'll get to mid-May, another couple of weeks, right, you think, before they'll say, hey, he needs to go down to AAA and get some confidence? I I believe there's probably discussions now about it. There has to be. You, you, you have to start thinking about the kid himself and his mental. And who makes that decision? Is that Harris? Is that Hinch? Is well, that I the combination? I think it's both of them. they got to sit there and go, look at where, look at, you know, We've got the announcer saying that every ball he hits is a hard hit ball. I, I, you know, you're just you're trying to camouflage him as much as you can. And, and they, him. They, they, they've moved him down in the lineup, right? And yeah. He hasn't got on that eight for ten, nine for eleven that run. A couple homers, couple yeah, that, doubles, right? that, yeah, that sustains you, and it just hasn't happened. And the, in my opinion, the way that he was swinging early, that should have happened, and he just couldn't keep couldn't keep the consistency. So is it talent, is it confidence for Torkelson? I think it's both right now. I look at both. So are you saying he wasn't worthy of being the overall? I can't say that now because they, they, they didn't they didn't they didn't go through the, the process that they needed to do to get this person ready to play in the big leagues. Well and they going through Avila and Harris and then guys left over in the middle, so it's tough to point the finger. It's tough to truly evaluate with a team that has zero expectations, right? Yep. Uh, and you know who's because you know in baseball, Johnny, uh, you're protected. Who who's hitting in front of you where you see pitches? Tigers really know when you go through the lineup. It's good to see Baez. I mean, him hitting above two thirty seems like the guy is an MVP candidate right now. Uh, but you, you know, you know baseball. You need protection in that lineup to see quality pitches to hit. You're right. And when your entire lineup isn't hitting, except for well, when you got Torkelson McKinstry behind you, that's not. I mean, when you got they're going to pitch around you. Yes, when you got Spencer Tor- when Bias has Spencer Torkelson both, behind it you, it works both ways. Yes, right? it does. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. why Jeff Kent was such an uh, unbelievable player in how he protected Barry Bonds all those years. They had Kent behind him, and Kent did damage all the time because Bonds got walked like with bases. He loaded, still did, right? but they still had to think about it. I love it when the Dodgers walked him with bases loaded. Remember that? Oh yeah, bases loaded. Give it up a run to Kelly, somebody with Bond. Kelly Leak. I mean, he was the he was the greatest. But yes, you're you're totally right with that. We got. I mean, but Bias. I think Bias will end up by July. He's going to be two seventy five, two eighty. Yeah, and then Rodriguez probably traded for prospects. But then why would you do that if you got a number one for two thousand and twenty four in Rodriguez because he wants to go play in a winner, right? I would want to. Yeah. So all right, Johnny Vanderwall in studio one. Final segment together. We'll talk about the Tigers pitching. Get your thoughts on where that's at. If you have a Tigers MLB question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. From Detroit to Petoskey. This show is huge. 
in the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Tonight, the Tigers play game two of their three-game series with the Mets at Comerica Park. Max Scherzer returns from a 10-game suspension when he was ejected from Fined and suspended for using a sticky substance in his last start against the Dodgers. The former Tiger returns to Detroit, one of his four stops, where he pitched for five years, won 70% of his games, won the first of his three Cy Young Awards, and was named to two All-Star teams and led the league twice in victories. You know, it remains hard to believe the Tigers never won a World Series with him and Verlander and Fister, Sanchez and Porcello. But Scherzer did give us some incredible memories, didn't he? And I'm sure Tigers fans will acknowledge him for it, especially tonight. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours, at the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. For a lot of us, music and mental health are intertwined. That's why the Collaborative Lab created Intune, a free live stream event, and you're invited. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day, so take action for your own mental health by joining us from 7 to 9 p.m. Musical performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cese, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to learn how you can join the party for free. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on this Wednesday edition on The Huge Show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Remember, if you miss any huge opinion, interview, hour, or show, our podcast are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. And John Vanderwall, former major leaguer out of Hudsonville, Michigan, played at Western, uh, an illustrious uh, big league career, uh, one of the great pinch hitters the game has ever seen. He calls West Michigan home, joining us in studio. Conversation on the Tigers, Major League Baseball. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Mets, and you're thinking about Verlander and Scherzer. And we talk about what could have been. Because you look at that 2006 till 2014 run, and you think, man, there's at least one, if not two rings uh, left on the table. The transition when Mike Illich passed away to Chris Illich, uh, the managers from Osmus to Garden hired to where we've been. 
and said today, you know, to me, when I look at all the great talent, even J.D. Martinez still tearing it up for the Dodgers, did they, did they clean house too soon? Did they not have the right transition? Could they be better as a franchise and competitive right now in the AL Central if they would have done things differently in terms of what guys they kept and who they let go? As a Tiger fan, you sure wish they would have kept those guys for a, lo- for a while well, was it Was it feasible, though, because there was such a market demand, right, in terms of money out there that they couldn't pay everybody? Well, they did offer Scherzer a huge contract. I, I believe they did. How, and here, but here didn't again, Verlander and Scherzer have what wasn't? I'll tell you the Verlander, Verlander story in a second. E- e- ego battles on Verlander wanted to be the highest paid guy on the team. Yeah, or it could have been. Yeah. But I know that there was a lot of people within the Tiger organization back when they were in the World Series in Boston when Scherzer came out of that game. They didn't want him around Detroit anymore. He came, once he came on the sixth or seventh, he was yeah. just blowing people away. Don't, don't talk to me about that. Series. Okay, so that, well, no, I'm I know that's there another, was a lot of people that were World Series very game. upset about that 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 he could have finished that game. I mean, you're in October, you got to go. Was that Jose Vera's that game? Know that game. Was, oh my but, god, that bullpen. Um, the Verlander thing, and this is the only thing that I will support Avila on, and and what he got in return. When they made that trade, Verlander was throwing about 91 miles an hour. His curveball was about 79. He was a three three or four starter at that time. This is the only time I will support Alavila. There wasn't a whole I mean, value, right, for him? The value. They got, they got some guys, but he was not pitching that well at that time. I mean, he was still competitive with the Tigers, but they wanted to get rid of the contract. And he went over to Houston and just turned the, lights, the light switch on, and he went from like 91, 92 to 96 you know, in, in a week. Because you know he was energized, but at that time he was not what he even is now. Yeah, because when you look at it, I, there, there's a bad like JD Martinez, and you look at his stuff. I made that trade by the way. I was part of that. You I was were? I was working for Arizona. I was like, dude, we got to get this guy because really? I knew that. Yeah, because there was a fire sale, and everyone knew there was a fire sale with the Tigers. Yes, right. So yeah, I was the one who got that. Well. Really? I, that's awesome. Thanks for raiding the Tigers and coming in the studio <laughs> and talking Because we were it. looking for hitters over there because we were well, making a little bit of a run. I said, and this, that was need, in April. Well, it's kind of my question to you, Johnny. Did they need to have that fire sale? Because the Tigers had success for, you know, that eight-year run, right? Where, Probably the best starting rotation I've ever seen. Oh, Porcello, Anibal Sanchez led the yeah. American League in ERA. And then you even rotated out when you... When, when Scherzer, you had Scherzer Verlander, uh, and then when they still stayed competitive, David Price came in there. I mean, you had Porcello, uh, like I said, Sanchez. I mean, think about and and Dombrowski just couldn't put together a bullpen. Yeah, how about that? I... Yeah, well, with all you could put together one of the greatest rotations that's up there, like with Glavin, Maddox, and Schmoltz, right, with the Braves. And you had a hitting lineup. Oh, think about what they had. Oh, my God. Gosh, with One of the, I mean, J.D. and uh, Miguel and Carlos Guillen. Or how about Leland in uh, resting Polanco on a weekend where you could clinch the division. You got stuck with the one-game playoff. Then he got extra innings, and they're going, put Verlander in to give your team hope. And then afterwards, the reporters... Asked Leland, why didn't you get Verlander in the game? He goes, I was saving him for the New York series. It didn't happen. It was a one-game playoff. Oh, God. 
They had look at look at the lineup they had. I mean, I remember going. They should have won at least two World Series. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I remember going in there scouting, and I I hated doing it because it was so cool in the summertime that every night you were there, there was thirty six thousand people. Yeah, it mattered thousand, right? All close or forty, to whatever. I mean, I mean, it was almost a sellout every single night, and, and that is so cool as a baseball player to be able to do that. But it was really cool to see because I am a Tiger fan, love the Tigers. But it was it was so cool to go in and just watch all the people. It kind of sucked trying to find parking they spots. Were they, scout, but I mean, it was it was it was rock star baseball. It was awesome, and it really was. And they had that run, and remember, they had bottomed out before that, right? We we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and you know the 119 losses, and they found their way back. And it was Pudge Rodriguez. Remember that signing yep. when it kind of validated that the Tigers are on the right path. And there you go, and Megs and the epic home run against the A's, and then. They decide to rest Kenny Rogers. Don't throw him in game one because they're at home. And Leland overthought everything. And boom, you fall apart. Can't make a play defensively against the Cardinals. You give up that series ring. Then Boston, you're dominating them with that pitching. You knew you had to minimize your bullpen as much as possible, especially when in Fenway. And you give that away, and they... Win a World Series ring, and my God. Yeah. The one bright spot I can see, because I, I, I've liked what this GM has done, the guys he's brought in. You know, what Tampa Bay has done is unbelievable. You know, how their minor league system has been able to carry that team. Maybe this guy can do that. Maybe this guy brings in the guys. Maybe this guy has the scouts out there, you know, the on the amateur side that can that can find this talent that can stockpile the minor leagues because I mean you just you're an, I am in awe you, I, I, I'm in awe of the, the Tampa Bay they, they, they're a devil race totally in awe of them because their minor leagues sustain their big league club and there's not many teams out there that do that and they have a few deals like Paredes so now you're getting a former you know Tiger that. Wasn't good enough to crack their everyday lineup. Uh, JV, we'll catch up on the Tigers pitch and get your thoughts next time you're in the studio. Good stuff today, okay? 10-4. Yeah, John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, talking Tigers and MLB baseball in studio on this Wednesday broadcast on the only show willing to tell it like it is. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds us that when it comes to child abuse prevention, we can always make a difference, and we can do that starting now. Be kind and be strong for the kids who need our help. Be mindful of how much every child matters. Create a safe, loving environment for all children. Today, tomorrow, and every single day, we can light the way for a child who needs us, and we can do that starting now. Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. The 1-2. Right side, there it is! 
sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids, and now they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Now, Dorn Mayhew is an east side firm. Now you get the west side of Michigan with Bean Carter, and whether you're a small business or big business, they can handle all of your accounting and business needs at Bean Carter. Just go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I mentioned with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew, they cover all of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast to coast. Find out how the pros at Bean Garter can help your business today. Go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R. Dot com And I know Tom Rosenbach and his team are so happy about their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Breaking Benjamin. Live in concert in Grand Rapids. With special guests, Bush. And Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. visit breakingbenjamin.com get tickets now you're listening to the huge show on the michigan sports network for another True and Blue segment presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Every week, we get together with leaders in law enforcement throughout the state of Michigan, and I've watched this guy over the last year when he took over as Chief of Police for the Grand Rapids Police Department. Eric Winstrom made the move up the coastline from Chicago to GR, and leaders shine when it hits the fan and also when they celebrate being a part of the community. And that's what Chief Eric Winstrom has done in a little over one year in Grand Rapids. Welcome to the Huge Show and welcome to True and Blue. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I appreciate you letting me be here. You know, and I think being a leader, you have to have a resume that gives you so many different perspectives. So before coming to Grand Rapids... Uh, you were in Chicago for over 20 years and various jobs connected to the Chicago Police Department. What did you learn in Chicago that's helped you here in Grand Rapids? Well, uh, I did have a very, I feel very fortunate in Chicago that I was able to, uh, in such a, a large department like Grand Rapids with many similar op- opportunities to move around, I got to bounce around a lot to different units. And so I got to experience everything from, you know, the investigation side of things, the administrative side of things, legal side of things. Um, and what I, uh, I guess what I learned most was you're going to encounter challenges in policing, whether it's a, a, a giant police department uh, or a small one. And um, 
but the experiences there taught me that we can overcome challenges, you can get through. Policing is one of those professions you can make a positive impact on people's lives every day. And if you don't get bogged down in all the negative, if you keep that positive perspective about uh, the meaning of what it is we're doing, you can have a, a great career. I had a wonderful 20-plus years in Chicago, and uh, I've had a great time so far here in Grand Rapids. We've had our challenges, and uh, we're going to keep having our challenges, but we're going to keep pushing forward and uh, making progress. Surrounded by a great team here, this is a fantastic super professional police department with great people and a great city. Um, I feel very fortunate to be here. And it's our first conversation, whether it's on or off air, with Grand Rapids Chief of Police Eric Winstrom joining us on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Uh, each and every week we talk with leaders in law enforcement. And to lead, you have to learn. You have to go through the process. And you just mentioned uh, that two decades in Chicago, uh, you lived in different parts of the country growing up. Uh, you got your BS in administration of justice, and that would be a degree, not the Bill Simonson School of Law Enforcement at Rutgers and went to Brooklyn Law School. So along the way in your law enforcement career, uh, what what have you learned about what's necessary uh, to be a leader of a police department? Well, I guess the the most important thing is that you're going to need uh, you're going to need help. You're going to need help for the from the community, but um, you're really going to need help from your team. And uh, first and foremost, you got to keep treat your team like a family. And remember, this is a it's a quasi military organization. People think they're going to come in as, as you know a supervisor, or a chief, and just give orders to people. But uh, these are real people. Um, good men and women who work uh, on the police department, and you have to treat them like family. You have to show them support, show them respect. And, uh, you know, our biggest challenge right now in certainly the Grand Rapids Police Department and many police departments across the country is recruiting. And uh, uh, people are always looking for the magic bullet for recruiting. You know, how, what job fair are you going to go to or what are you going to put on social media? But the answer to being able to recruit and, and retain a great staff is treating your people well. So the most important thing for the chief to do is to know, got to take care, got to take care of the troops here. And um, I'm trying my best to do that. You know, when you look at the different jobs, whether it's civilian jobs inside uh, the Grand Rapids Police Department, sworn officers, uh, over 4,000 openings in law enforcement statewide uh, in Michigan, and the opportunities are there with the Grand Rapids Police Department. I saw the list of canine bomb unit, federal state task forces, crisis negotiations, special response team, mental health, co-response teams. Uh, you have forensics units, uh, victim services, crime analysts, neighborhood-based crime prevention, and also you operate the 911 dispatch center uh, for the city of Grand Rapids. So anybody listening right now uh, looking for a career in law enforcement or connected to it, uh, what's the easiest path? Uh, to make that first move and see if there's a fit. The easiest path, path for the Grand Rapids Police Department is go to joingrpd.com, and that has uh, direct contact for our recruitment team. It's got information about the police department, information about programs. If you're if you're a, a, a youth in the Grand Rapids area who's just thinking about down the road getting involved in uh, law enforcement, it's got our youth programs there, and um, you know you'll be able to sign sign up for a ride along. 
if you're considering to join in the police department and see it's important to get out on the street, spend a day with a police officer, see what the job is really about to see if it's it's the right move for you. So join GRPD.com. I would love people to check it out. Yeah, join GRPD.com. Simple and easy. Where are you at right now on staffing with officers? How many more officers could you use? I know you have to work with the city. There's budgets when you get into a bigger police department. Uh, there are stepping stones to increase in your force. But how many officers do you have right now? How short are you? And how many openings? We've got about 265, 270 officers. We've got at least 35 vacancies as of today. Wow. And that doesn't take into account all the officers who are getting to that time in their career where they're about 50 years old and, and looking to, to move on from law enforcement or move, move to a different profession or move to retirement. And uh, there was a big hiring push in the late 90s. And those officers, probably 30 or 40 more officers, are starting to to, uh, to take a look at maybe moving on from this career. So we're going to have a, a lot of opportunities to hire, a lot of room for advancement and career opportunities within the police department for those specialized units for promotion over the next coming years. So this is a great time to start here. JoinGRPD.com. That's JoinGRPD.com. Eric Winstrom, a little over a year as a chief of police for the city of Grand Rapids, and he's connected to communities, neighborhoods. Uh, also, you have a guy, a pillar in the community, Johnny Brand Sr. with Voice for the Badge, and he's there for the great men and women of law enforcement in Grand Rapids, Kent County, and across our state. If you support law enforcement, just follow and like Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. I just joined their advisory board, and I know Johnny speaks highly of Chief Winstrom and what he is doing. Uh, challenging Johnny's times. He's a great guy and a great supporter. Yeah, he is, man. And, and like you said to start this, challenging times, but you're working your way through it. You have openings, uh, and things will get better. And they are getting better. Yep. No right? doubt. No doubt. All right. Yes, uh, Chief Winstrom, I appreciate your time uh, here on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If there's anything uh, that the HUGE show or the Michigan Sports Network can do to help uh, the Grand Rapids Police Department, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. All right. Chief Eric Winstrom from the Grand Rapids Police Department, the chief. Uh, joining us on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.